You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, folks? Welcome back to an episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, I'm Nick Farabai. I work at WPTS radio station, right for Pittsburgh Sports Now, and I am a production assistant at ACC Network. And folks, today we will cover everything from the fallout of Pitt's loss to Miami. What went wrong? What is Pitt's biggest problems going forward? And more than importantly, what's good? Yeah, and I mean that. What is good and why should you not panic just yet? All that coming up and more on Locked on Pitt. folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, thank you for making Locked On Pit your first listen every day. Folks, this game for Pit was just, I mean, there was so much going on on both sides. It really should have been one Pit one, but on the other hand, you can easily just say if they had won this game, if they had pulled it out 41-38 and Pickett had hit Addison on that touchdown or, or whatever it happened, Pitt had somehow won this game. It also should have been a game that Pitt lost. This was not a good performance by Pitt. This was quite honestly an unacceptable performance by Pitt on a lot of levels. So I just want to start, first of all, by saying I'm going to be grounded in this podcast. I'm not going to act like the sky is falling because it's not. I want to give a realistic representation of what I feel like is going on around the Pitt football program. And while I think there's plenty of reason to be concerned, I don't think it's panic time yet. Now, if we see this and they lose, you know, two games, absolutely. Feel free to panic. Listen, everyone should have expected Pitt to trip up. 11-1 was, you know, the playoff talk, yes, it was fun. It felt good to be nationally relevant. It always feels good to be such a relevant program and get the sports center spots and, and get the spots on national TV where, oh my goodness, Pitt football. It's something that Pitt fans and really the university's football team has not experienced in a really, really long time. And that's the thing that will sting about this loss is Pitt's now out of the AP pool. Yes, they're number 26 with a win. They probably get back in regardless. But Pitt is going to not be talked about as much nationally. You're not going to hear as much about them in terms of positive buzz. It's going to be the same old Pitt narrative. And listen, we talked about this last week. It, it was a trap game. It had the makings to be potentially Western Michigan 2.0. And it was in a lot of ways. And... I told you guys that when I looked at the schedule and when you could look at the next five games, Miami and Virginia were the ones that scared me. I think that's right on the dot. Now, Virginia right now is a little bit different because what happened to Brennan Armstrong? We don't really know what happened to Brennan Armstrong. He has a rib injury, but Miami had talent, and Tyler Van Dyke played at a high level. And you could see that this offense was starting to click and that these young these young players offensively were starting to really hit their stride. And then their veteran receiving group with Harley and Rambo and Mallory 
They had talent. Jalen Knighton was a stud in that their athletes could make Pitt pay for their mistakes on the back end. And boy, they got a lot of explosive plays. So let's just talk about the first biggest issue. It's no question about it. The biggest issue from this game for Pitt is tackling. Period. There's no bigger issue. Yeah, are there other issues? Absolutely. Is that the only issue? No. Is that the biggest issue? 100%. Simply put here, this is how you should be looking at the tackling display. Every single now screen, the now routes that Pat Narduzzi referred to, man, he he had to be furious, and he was. He called it crappy tackling for good reason. It was absolutely awful. Awful by Pitt. Everyone missing tackles. At times it felt like they were out-athleted to the outside, but in all, for all honesty, I'm going to be real. They had good angles. They didn't take bad angles to the football. They were there. But when they had an opportunity to make a key tackle, they did not make the tackle. And that's the huge thing. Eric Hallett missed a few. He's not the only one. The linebackers missed a few very key tackles. Very key tackles. And at some point you were looking at, what in the world? What in the world are they doing here? Every single route that they're running is turning into a missed tackle, a big play out of structure. Somehow, some way, Pitt is not making these tackles on the screens. Miami's turning these screens into 10, 15, 20 yards. You know, everyone is going to be 7, 8 yards. You never expected them to catch that. And it to be, you know, oh, there's the negative one. There's the big play. And every time there was a key third down opportunity to make the tackle, they didn't make it. And that's the big thing for Pitt. It wasn't just that they were out-athleted, and they were. And Miami has the athletes to make Pitt pay. But my goodness, the least you could do is the fundamentals. And we saw this against Tennessee. We saw this against Western Michigan. It's not a new issue. They did not tackle well one and this is exactly what the fear was. It's why exactly I could I said, I can't buy into Pitt's defense unless they show me they do it against a legitimate quarterback. They didn't show up against a legitimate quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke. He looked great. Rhett Lashley just kept calling those screen routes. Why? Because they, they worked. Let's talk about them. I mean, how can you game plan for that all week? And Pitt's game plan was sound. It was very sound, in fact. We'll talk about this even more um, as we go on, but I think their schematics were fine. I didn't hate the Narduzzi scheme in this game. I don't love Pat Narduzzi's scheme. This was not the issue, though, on this day. It was personnel-related, my folks. You have to tackle. They were credited with over 20 missed tackles in this game. Over 20! And you can go through the condensed game. I charted... Just right through the condensed game, and I counted at least 24 missed tackles in that. That's not the full game either. They missed so many tackles in this one. And that's the bottom line. You turn losses into solid gains. You turn solid gains into explosive plays. You turn potential explosive plays into touchdowns. You turn everything on its head and it goes from there. You get the basic fundamental of tackling down. Trust me. This game would have gone a lot 
differently. Now, let me talk a little bit more in depth about the defense, what the problems were, I think, and specifically who the problems were and kind of where they go from here. However, folks, first, I want to let you know about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Prize picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as the mid major players you may have never even heard of. They offer any prop you can think of from yards to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown. So, folks, use your promo code and you will receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Again, that's the promo code locked on, the promo code locked on to receive that 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And here's how it works you pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus those projected numbers. Prize picks also allows those mixed board entries, so feel free to do that as well. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, folks, welcome back to the locked on pick podcast folks. Let's talk a little bit more about this defense because I think you have to highlight the defense. We'll talk a little bit about the offense more in depth as the week goes on, but the defense is obviously the biggest topic of discussion right now, and it has to be rightfully, right? I mean, look at what happened in this game. It was not a good defensive performance, but I thought, listen, you look at Pitt actually overall, and a lot of the the stuff that they did, quite frankly, after the first quarter, after the first quarter, And I want to emphasize this because, really, there was not a lot of issues after the the first quarter. Yeah, they only allowed 17 points after the first quarter. Really, it wasn't crazy. You know, they had a few key punts. They forced a few very key things. There was a big turnover. They had a few sacks. After the first quarter, I'm going to be real with you, that defense didn't play terrible. It's not like they didn't play great. But they were, they were solid enough, and they gave Pitt chances to win down the stretch. But more importantly here, Pitt in the first quarter, their fatal issue was allowing explosive plays. And that, my friends, is the biggest thing. The explosive plays. On the first 10 plays, Miami had 205 yards. Only 285 yards. For the next 61, that's per Chris Peak from Rivals. That is a really great stat. And I think kind of tells the story of this entire thing. And I think a very key, very, very key performances. When you look at Pitt overall, this defense just couldn't put it together. I think John Morgan had a solid game. I thought Hava had a good game. I thought the D-line played well. You know, I don't think the D-line was the issue. But this linebacking core, man, are they, man, 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 are they frustrating. But when you look at the, the plays that they hit, okay, they hit a flea flicker. It's not like it's okay, but okay, you got them. You got them, whatever. But the big 57-yarder on, what was it, third and 11? Are you kidding me? This one is not schematic either. You run cover two, essentially. It looks like you run cover two. So Marquez Williams is passing off to Eric Hallett. You can tell it's covered too because of the way that Brandon Hill is playing on the other side. He's playing a deep half. 
and Hallett plays like it's a single high coverage. So what what are what are we doing here? This is a miscommunication, and I think it's on Hallett. Hallett really had a brutal game, and man, after a few quality performances too, this really sucks for him. He was probably the worst player on defense in this game. He was really bad. I mean, missed tackles. He wasn't good in coverage, and this play really set the tone for him. And then, on the night and touchdown, he whiffed, completely whiffed. So did Wendell Davis, but man, so did Eric Hallett. The last line of defense, and you're missing tackles like that. He missed multiple tackles on now routes, on those screens. Everything for Eric Hallett went wrong. And here's the thing. Pitt knew what was coming all game. The idea was, let's keep what's in front of us in front of us. Let's come downhill. You want to run the stop routes? Go for it. You want to run those now routes? Go for it. You're not going to beat us over the top. And that's what Pitt did. And they needed to tackle better to execute it. The game plan was run hard downhill, come up and tackle the playmakers. And folks, he just could not make the tackles. That was the issue. The biggest issue. Pitt didn't make the tackle. They pretty much ran five coverages, varying differentiations of hot coverage and quarters coverage. That's the Narduzzi defense, but man, it wasn't his fault. There was nothing in that game plan to me that read, oh man, we're exploiting this game. Western Michigan was a scheme game. There's nothing in the game plan that I saw from Miami that said that was scheme related. Everything was personnel related. Missed tackles, bad run fits, over-pursuing ball carriers, miscommunications on the back end, the Hallett one. I mean, even, you know, Damari Mathis had a really nice interception. Hallett had a hapless pass interference on that one. Did not need to pull the guy down at all. Mathis was in perfect position to potentially get that pick. I don't know what was going through the head of Eric Hallett, but I don't want to just eat on him because the linebackers were bad, very bad in fact. You know, Servasio Dennis just he just doesn't look comfortable at Mike. I think that, you know, it, it's time we, we have a discussion about Servasio Dennis. Great player. Not a Mike. Not a Mike. He's a money backer. The issue is Pitt has so much quality at the money backer position. Phil Campbell's playing his tail off. I think he continues to play at a high level. But the issue is they have too many good money backers. Too many guys that when you look at them say, oh, they should be a money backer. Dennis is one of those. Campbell's another. Bengali Kamara, when he's been on, has been good. He looks solid, but he's a money backer. So what are you going to do at Mike? Wendell Davis hasn't played well at all. That's the issue. Missing tackles. Not really playing downhill. What are you going to do there? Is it Chase Pine and Brandon George? I could get behind that. I think Pine had a nice game. I think George has shown things in flashes. And then as we talked earlier last week, what about the star linebacker? John Patrician, he's a complete liability in coverage. He's good downhill, which is good. And he had a nice pick. But Patrician is not truly a complete linebacker. He's a good rotational piece. Probably not the guy you want to be the main guy. Cam Bright, who you're relying on, has been bad. Really bad this year. And we talked about that. I don't know what happened to Cam Bright. He had another bad game. That's why Patrician's playing so much. And man, it's just... 
the linebackers have been really brutal, really brutal this year. And and I that's that's one of the big things as well. You know, Dennis had a few missed tackles from the interior. I mean, Davis had the missed touch missed tackle on the the night and touchdown. It was not a good game for the linebackers. It was not a good game for Eric Hallett. It was brutal. You know, and, and, and in spots, you know, I thought the outs I think the outside corners are fine. You know, I think they had a few lapses, for example, on that second and, and eleven from the one right after the, the non called safety. Demari Mathis can't let the let the, the and up an eighteen yard touch, uh, catch. You cannot let that up. I don't know what he was doing. He wasn't in bad position. It just felt like he was tentative, maybe didn't want to get a defensive pass interference. Man, it was brutal. But the the biggest issues was that field safety spot in the linebackers. But then no one tackled at a high level on this team. There were a lot of miscommunications and breakdowns on the back end. It was not schematic related. It was sound. They did the right thing. They did a, they dialed up a lot of blitzes. Van Dyke responded to some of them well. But as the game went on, you could see him start to crack under them. Pitt has to tackle better. That's simple. If Pitt doesn't allow 21 points in the first 10 plays and and let Miami just boat race them out early, it's it's a completely different story and a completely different game. You cannot do that to open up a game, and, and Pitt did. And, and that's one of the main reasons why they lost this game. Just fundamental errors personnel-wise. It is not a schematic issue this week. It was unfortunately the players, I think, that this one falls on for the most part. All right, folks, let's talk about why this guy still isn't falling, though, and why there is reason for optimism, even in the cloud of darkness. But first, I want to let you guys know about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever, and if you haven't tried Built Bar by now, you are missing out because while most protein bars are chalky, waxy, and you just have to chew them down and choke them down and, and you don't really want to have them built bar is not that way they have so many great flavors including coconut raspberry mint brownie coconut almond salted caramel double chocolate and cherry barcia so so many good flavors and folks they are healthy because they are low carb low calorie low fat low sugar and high in protein so all the healthy benefits of a protein bar on top of the purely deliciousness of built bar so folks go to built.com and use the promo code lock 15 and get 50 percent off on your order use the promo code lock 15 for 50 percent off at built.com all right folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, folks. Let's talk a little bit about reasons for optimism around Pitt. Okay, why should you believe that Pitt is not going to go 8-4 and four and not win the Coastal? Why should you believe that there is still the hope of the NY6 Bowl and ACC Championship and all of that? Is that still realistic? Yes. I'm going to tell you right now. Yes. Absolute. Do not overestimate what this loss means to Pitt. It means something. It's not meaningless. It gives no room for error. They lost their margin for error. But there is hope to be had here. Pitt's offense is as good as anyone's. And that's the thing that we will always come back to. Pitt's offense is as good as anyone's in the country. Pitt can keep 
pace with North Carolina, with Armstrong and Virginia. Listen, here's the thing about Pitt. Their defense is bad. I don't know if it's as bad as Virginia's. I don't know if it's as bad as North Carolina's. Now, the thing about the Western Michigan and Miami games is the turnover battle. Negative three against Western Michigan, negative one here against Miami. And obviously, the two picks were huge. Kenny Pickett forcing that one to taste your mac. You just can't do that. And then more importantly, the miscommunication with Addison. That one just felt like a miscommunication overall. I don't think it was on any particular one of them. You know, I don't think you can singularly assign blame on on one of the one or the other. I think that both of them hold hold the candle for this one. I think that they know that they had to communicate better. But the turnovers were the biggest thing for for Pitt and both. Pitt just has to do a better job of taking care of the football, and that's not to say like the offense. The, the offense was good. There were certainly things to look at, and we'll talk about the offensive issues that kind of irked me a little bit more tomorrow, but it doesn't change the fact that this offense is fantastic still. And they're extremely good. Even when they lost Barden and Mack and Wayne was banged up, they still were able to move the ball. And they still have a talented running back. They still have Jordan Addison. They still have Kenny Pickett, and the O-line is still good. But never lose faith because they have number eight. That's what I'll tell you. They have number eight. This is the reason for optimism. You have Kenny Pickett. It's different. It, it, this is not the same old pit in that manner. Yeah, maybe it's the same old pit around the rest of the team. They have Kenny Pickett. It's not the same old pit because they have Kenny Pickett. And that's the biggest thing. Because Kenny Pickett is this team's biggest hope his their biggest crutch he is the reason why you should hope that ACC title that New Year's Six Bowl everything about that is on the table could they lose again yes I might even bet they do and go nine and three but listen this team is far from done from writing its story I don't think that they're going to completely collapse. I think they're far too talented. I think people are way too down in the dumps. They have two really good tight ends. They have a solid offensive line. They have three quality running backs. They have six quality receivers. And they have Kenny Pickett. And that's all you need to be dangerous in college football. You have a great quarterback. You have a great quarterback. And let's let's let me also give you this. Pitt's going to beat Duke. They'll beat Duke. And they also match up better than people think against North Carolina. When we get to that week, I'll talk about that more. People are very scared of that game. I get it, Sam Howell. But trust me, Pitt matches up much better against North Carolina than you think. Virginia's the scary game. You know, Syracuse could be a sneaky one. They should win that game, though. I think that that's one they should win. Pitt has the offense to really, really make things ugly for teams. And they have an offense that makes them so dangerous. And they have an offense that's clicking so well. Even when they're stopped, they're not. This is an offense that makes things look easy. They have a legitimate ground game. And the defense, as questionable as it is, let's look at the positive signs. As I told you, 17 points 
only 285 yards in the other three quarters. Now, that doesn't mean you can just eliminate the first. It's obviously an issue, and this is where you need to say, man, we can't be doing that. But there are abilities here that Pitt can actually slow down some offenses. And listen, Pitt has been able to do that to a degree. They showcased that when they needed key stops, they could potentially get them. That's when the offense didn't hold up. That was the biggest thing. But Pitt's defense was able to make key stops when they needed it against the offense that had shredded them earlier. And if they can somehow prove that they can start to tackle better, there's more things to be, I think, fruitful of. And, and things that you look at and you say, okay, those are there on the table. And listen, preseason, if they go 9-3, and 10-2, and two, I think everyone would take that. I think they would. And Pitt can still have a really good season here. And listen, everything's on the table. They still control their destiny in the Coastal. The ACC title is on the line still. They could still go to a New York Six Bowl. All of this is true. All of it is true. And when you have number eight there, when you have number eight, understand it's easy to get down in the dumps. There's reason to be worried for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. And more that we'll talk about tomorrow. There's reason to be worried. There's reason to be concerned. There's not too much reason to say, let's go and fire Narduzzi. Let's go and say that everything's falling around this team. No, there's still potential here around this team. Don't give up on Pitt just yet. Miami was a tough matchup for them. It had the perfect storm, I think, of things going against them. I talked about it. Yes, I predicted Pitt to win that game. But I talked about it. Miami was a scary matchup for Pitt. They were a very scary matchup for Pitt. And you kind of just saw it. it. It bit them. But Pitt is also extremely talented. And it was a bad day for Pitt. It was their second bad day of the year. They played really good football between that time. Can they play and win four more? I think they can. I would not sleep on Pitt. Don't put down... Your pit sign yet. Do not put down your hopes just yet. Don't count out Pitt. Don't count out Kenny Pickett. This team still has a chance to make some noise this year. All right, folks. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Pitt your first listen every day. However, folks, I want to make sure you make Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Get all of your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes with ACC expert Candace Cooper. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, folks, tomorrow we will talk about the offense, what things irked me there, and what needs to be adjusted here as Pitt heads to Duke. Thanks for listening, as always, folks, and hail to Pitt.